Hey there, hairstylist. Let's start today's episode off with a question. This is a question for you, and I want you to really think about this one. When you hear the word brand or branding, what comes to mind? Now, maybe it's a logo, maybe you think of a beautiful Instagram page or website, but if I had to guess, I would say it's probably visual, the first thing that popped into your head, with good reason. If you want to learn more about visual branding, listen to last week's episode with Piper DeYoung because it was incredible, but... If you've listened a lot to the Hairstylist Rising podcast, you're going to have a slight advantage when I asked you that question. (laughs) So here's what may not have entered your head. The fact that when I think of branding, I think about all of the decisions that you make in your business and how much more ease and alignment they can have if you are really clear on your brand. So decisions in your business will be easier, choosing the product lines, people and spaces you choose to partner with will be easier. And here's why I'm bringing this up today, because my guest today is Hillary. She is an independent stylist turned brand new salon owner, and she is also an alumni of my group coaching program, Beauty Brand Bootcamp. I wanted to interview Hillary because I want to give you an inside look at what opening a salon looks like in real time and how having a solid grasp on your brand and your values makes a lot of the decisions easier and more aligned, as well as removing the fear from making changes. So I'm super excited to dive into this interview. Before we get started though, I have to let you know the Instagram visibility challenge is back. So this is a free three-day Instagram engagement challenge with yours truly, and you can join your fellow ambitious, motivated hairstylists and learn how to increase engagement, stay consistent, and create meaningful content that turns followers into clients. So during this 3-day challenge, you're going to learn why your Instagram page isn't gaining new followers, and you're going to learn how to audit your Instagram profile because it is likely missing the three key elements that make someone decide to stick around and follow you which of course is what allows you to nurture them and turn them into clients. You're going to learn how to stay consistent and come up with content ideas. So there is one thing you can master to maximize the amount of potential dream clients that see your content. And you're going to learn that on day two. Day three, we are going to learn how to increase engagement and get more clients using Instagram. So local businesses like hairstylists and salons require a very specific strategy to organically grow on Instagram. And this quick, actionable, and to the point challenge is going to kickstart your success. We also are hosting a bonus masterclass on creating better content. This masterclass has gotten rave reviews. We've hosted it probably four or five times now. And the way that stylists feel afterwards is amazing every single time. It's going to give you some really hands-on actual tips. So even if you've joined us in the past for this challenge, join us again. It's going to be so fun. It's a great way to really just go through and make sure everything is optimized on your Instagram page and prepare you to create amazing content that's going to help grow your business. The challenge is totally free. It is a ton of fun. And there is even live coaching for me in our Facebook group. So 
If you haven't yet signed up to join the challenge, head to www.jodybrown.ca slash free challenge. We're going to put a link in the show notes to sign up for this amazing, amazing digital event. I'm super, super excited to get started. And without further ado, let's head into this week's episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hi, Hillary. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hi, Jody. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. This is going to be a really good conversation, I think, because so often we get to hear about things long after they happen. And the really cool thing is that you have just made the shift from independent stylist to salon owner. And so we get to kind of get in the trenches with you and hear how it's been in real time. I would love to start off by hearing a little bit about how your journey thus far in the hair industry, how you got into it and kind of what that's looked like for you so far. Yeah, so mine's a little bit different. I actually went to a vocational high school. So I started doing hair at 14 in the school program. It was a four-year one. And then I was able to start my apprenticeship really young as well and kind of work while I was in school. So I got immersed in it very young, which has really been a good thing for me. It's been great. And then five years ago, I decided to move out to Canmore And I started working in salons here. And then just recently, last month, I made the switch from being an independent stylist as a chair renter and opened up my own salon. That is so amazing. And so how long have you been in the industry, would you say? Like how long... How long after high school did you move out to Canmore? I moved out to Canmore on my 19th birthday, actually. So I've been a Red Seal hairstylist for four years now. But if I include my time in school and my apprenticeship, I've been immersed in the industry for nine years. And I'm actually a little bit of a generational hairstylist. My uncle was a hairstylist. And so I always felt very inspired by him. We grew up hanging out at the salon a lot and going there on Sundays to do what he would do our hair would be like a really nice fun trip. Oh, that's amazing. And I hear a lot of myself in your story too, actually, because my mom was a hairstylist and I also started cause in high school. So my high school had a really amazing program. So I, and this is something that's really cool actually in Canada that we are able to, because Hillary and I are both in Canada, that if you take vocational classes in high school, you could actually almost fast forward your apprenticeship a little bit, which is really cool because I feel like we get really qualified hairstylists really, really early in this part of the world because there's so much hands-on experience. So you are opening your first salon at 24. That is incredible. Yeah, it's super exciting. So what was it? I would love to hear it. So you've worked as an independent stylist for for a few years now. What was it that made you want to make the switch to being a salon owner? Can you walk us through that process a little bit? 
Yeah. So I kind of always knew I'd like to have my own salon. It was a bit more of a question of like when and just figuring out how it would work for me. But the opportunity kind of arose in the spring. I was just introduced to someone. I took over her space. So it worked really well as like a turnkey business purchase for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it definitely has always been in the back of my mind. Again, just kind of waiting for the right opportunity for myself. I feel like I'm very particular in the way I like my customers to have their experience and the atmosphere and products. So yeah, always knew it would be a thing to eventually happen. Yeah, that's, I think that's one of the things that become, you know, when I talk to a lot of stylists who go from being independent salon owners or independent stylists to salon owners, a lot of it is the control of the brand and the experience and all that kind of thing, which I think is actually one of the best reasons to go into business for yourself. If you were wanting to really create something that is, that is unique and special for your clients. So what, did you actively think about, you know, creating the brand for your business before you even the opportunity arose? Or is that something that you kind of thought about in real time while you were opening your business? A little bit of both. Like I've been really trying to make the switch as I was working as an independent stylist. I very much like switched my headspace to be thinking more towards like this is my own personal brand. And I was so lucky that I worked in a salon where she very much let us kind of be our own person. And, you know, I was able to create a unique experience for the people right in my chair. So it's always been ticking. But then yes, definitely in real time, as I was planning, it was very much of like, what do I want this to be and look like? Honestly, that's one of the biggest things when we start to think, and I love how you said, even as an independent stylist, as you know, because <laughs> you have worked with me in the past, I am super, super passionate about, you know, finding the values behind your business and all of those things, you know, crafting your guest experience, all of that as part of your branding experience. So I think that that's really amazing that, so for anyone who's listening, who is an independent stylist or, you know, thinking about buying a salon, no matter where you are in your business journey, I think that starting to think about, you know, that guest experience, your brand, your values, like all of those things are important at every stage. And did you feel a little bit more prepared going into salon ownership because you had a handle on that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just in general, being an independent stylist really kind of set me up for that and the understanding of kind of having some brand consistency there and really like it's more about hair, um, more than just hair, right? Like it's all about yes. the experience. A hundred percent. So I'm so curious to know what type of structure are you creating in your new salon? Are you going to be having commission stylists? Are you going to be having booth rental stylists? Like what is your, what is your plan moving forward and your vision for your business? So it's definitely, it is chair rental because I believe that hairstylists are artists and that with the mm -hmm. right resources that almost anyone can make chair rental work for them and the freedom that I got and the independence when I became an independent stylist was huge and I would rather support someone in teaching them how to do that than to have commissioned stylists. I think that's such a fresh take on the industry too. I definitely believe there's still a place for you know commissioned salons but I do think that there has been almost an unprecedented push towards independence for stylists. And 
I think honestly, the events of the past couple years have had a really big impact on that because it's, I think it's almost fast forwarded our industry a couple years because there was so much need for flexibility. No, I, I totally agree. And I just think, yeah, it's so important to like go into work and love what you do every day and work a schedule that works for you so that you can get that nice balance out of your life and do the other things you enjoy as well. Absolutely. So obviously opening a business is a huge undertaking. So have you been able to maintain that bit of balance for yourself or have you felt like this is a season where you're just going to be going more in? Like, what is that looking like transitioning from chair renter to salon owner? Yeah, it's definitely full on. There's a lot that I'm still learning. And like, I definitely feel like I'm more in the season of being right in it, but I'm definitely trying to keep very strong boundaries with myself as well so that I can enjoy my life. And it's so important that we don't get burnt out because I am still working behind the chair as well as being the owner now. So, you know, if you're burnt out, your clients are going to feel it. They're going to feel that energy too. So I think taking breaks is super important. Yes. And for anyone who doesn't know where Canmore is, it is a beautiful little mountain town in the Rockies. So the perfect place to decompress from a busy work schedule. Oh, totally. And that's a huge part of the life balance for me is why why am I living here if I can't go enjoy the hiking and all the outdoor activities I love, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you are being cognizant of that because I think that Boundaries are one of the trickiest things when you go independent. And I know that when I, I'll fully admit, when I first became an independent stylist, I can definitely lean towards that workaholic kind of nature. And so, you know, it it is kind of a wake up call when you're like, okay, I can't, I can't sustain this because those super, super long days and working too much and just saying yes to everything. I think it's really easy to fall into. And that's one of the quickest ways to burn yourself out. So what, how do you ensure that? Do you have really solid work hours? Like what is that? So I don't work a super set schedule because I like a little bit of flexibility and change. But one thing I do that really sets me on track is at the start of each month or like so like the start of September I'm kind of looking at October and November and I go in and set my schedule my hours for that but I've actually started Mm -hmm. working out with a personal trainer so I go in and I set my sessions with him for a few nights a week so that I absolutely cannot book evening clients those days and that's been a game changer yeah that's smart actually because if you know yourself and you know that you're like if I have this space I will book it it's a good idea to make other plans because the thing is when you say no to something or when you say yes to something like an extra client you're saying no to something else so while you're flexing that boundary muscle I think it's a really good idea to have something where you're like okay I'm committed to this I cannot change oh exactly it's like the perfect form of your self-care right yeah for sure so What do you think is the biggest challenge that you have faced so far? And let's start with the challenge because I have another question after, but what is, what is the biggest challenge you faced in opening your business so far? So really learning the side of business that I didn't know. I had a good kind of base about what it would be like to own the salon, but just learning more of like how my cash should flow and you know, all the nitty gritty stuff that they don't teach you in hair school. So how did you, so, and okay. So my second question is 
What is the biggest surprise that you have faced in your first month of salon owner? Are we thinking like a challenge surprise or any surprise? Any surprise. The most surprising thing that you have found about being a salon owner so far. So I'd have to say I'm like pleasantly surprised on just all the support from my clients and my friends. I knew it would be there, but it's been like overwhelmingly amazing. It's so nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love seeing that people are getting support from opening businesses. Oh, totally. And it's a little bit scary too, to tell people that you're going out on their, on your own and you can get so in your head and anxiety of like, Oh, what will they think of it? And this and that, but all the, Feedback has been so positive and I'm so lucky that my previous owner, Chantel, was so supportive and amazing, which is huge in the industry. Yeah, absolutely it is. You know, I think that's really, really, it kind of removes a roadblock too because I think there's a lot of fear around when people leave. And I've talked to people before about this on the podcast, but endings don't always have to be a bad thing. I think that the more the world is evolving, the chances of someone going and starting at a career and staying there for 40 years are very, very slim now. The more people can be realistic about the fact that, you know, like you can have a really positive experience with someone, you can love working for them, and you can still move on. And that's okay. So I love that you had someone supporting you in that journey. Oh, absolutely. Especially being in a smaller town, being able to have that support and someone to go to and you know, it just makes all the difference. Absolutely. I think that's my favorite shift that's happened. Like as I have been, I've been a stylist for over, I've been licensed for 15 years. And so, you know, I think that one of the most beautiful shifts that I've seen is that community aspect and there being a lot less of that competitive nature than there used to be. I remember when I first started doing hair, If you had a friend that worked in another salon and you happened to be in the same class, you couldn't sit with your friend because it was like a competition. You know what I mean? Whereas now I don't see that anymore so much. It's all, you know, I think that stylists connecting with each other. I think Instagram has a huge thing to do with this because we've learned to be a lot more supportive. There's enough clients for everyone. And I think that that is something that we are starting to realize. (laughs) Oh, totally. And you know, each client's going to go find that individual person that works for them. And it's such a, you know, a breath of fresh air to see all of us supporting each other. It really is the way that it should be right. Why make the pie piece bigger for just yourself when you could make the whole pie bigger, right? Yes. Oh, I love that. That's such a great analogy. So, okay. I want to switch gears and talk about how you made some of the decisions for opening your salon. So, When it comes to things like decor and, you know, product line, all of those things, did you make those decisions kind of based on your brand values and all of those things? What did that look like? Yes, absolutely. So products for me was huge. As soon as I made the decision to open, I knew which line I wanted because I'd worked with it in the past and I just, I love everything about it. It works so well. And like, I think it's so important that if you're providing people with these Um, products that you love them and you stand behind them as well absolutely yeah and then as for decor I really wanted a nice vibe in the salon and yeah to show my kind of values there so we definitely like took some time to create some mood boards and see the feelings and whatnot of that I love that I think that's so important to start 
start with your, you know, like, well, you know that I know that I think this, but, you know, starting with like the deeper parts of your branding and your, and the vibe you want to create first and then creating your visuals. So I love hearing that you kind of went, you know, you dove into all of that first and then started creating mood boards around what that would feel like. Because I think that's the biggest, you know, it the biggest thing with branding and with our industry is how you make people feel. So being really intentional about that, I think is really, really smart. And so what were the feelings that you were kind of hoping to evoke when you, when you created your space? I wanted somewhere that was very welcoming, but that felt a little more posh so that my clients Mm -hmm. could feel very special when they came in and to have a little bit more of like a luxury boutique experience. That was really Mm -hmm. important to me. I love that. And so have you hired your first staff yet or is that something you're working on? Yes, I have actually. So I, the space I'm in was a previous chair rental salon. So I took on one of the part-time girls stayed and then I have someone new starting in November. So I'm so excited for that. That is so exciting. So how did you, how did you go about interviewing for an independent stylist position? Was it important to you that they shared values with you or are you happy to create space for everyone to have their own kind of vibe? Like what does that feel like and what does that look like for you? A little bit of both. I feel like that's the great thing about Instagram and the way we can connect now. That's how I found my um, new staff member who's coming on. So you can kind of easily go on there and get that vibe for them. Because I do think it's very important to allow everyone to be their own person as well and have the space. And I think you can pretty quickly kind of catch on to their vibe when you're looking at through their work and yeah. Totally. I am so glad you brought this up actually, because that is one of the main things that salon owners ask, like, how do I attract staff? How do I attract people to come work with me? And I think that creating a really solid brand on Instagram is the best way because that's one of the best ways for people to be able to get your vibe, understand what you're about. And it is going to attract all the right people and repel all the wrong people, which is just as important. Oh, totally. Right. Having those clear values because you can easily see, you know, someone who's a barber would probably look at my Instagram page and roll their eyes and know it's not for them. (laughs) That's so true. So what are you what are you foresee for the next few months moving forward? What are you most excited for? What are you most nervous for? Like, what are all the feelings that you're going through right now moving into this journey? No, like lots of excitement. You know, everyone's in good spirits and excited. It's a little bit busy, but it's a good kind of busy. Yeah, as for nerves, I mean, the current climate of the world is a little bit nerve wracking, but I'm just trying to stay positive and, you know, know that we'll be able to get through everything. Absolutely. And I know that when we were chatting before we started recording, you had mentioned that, you know, everything that's gone on in the past couple of years has been a little bit of a catalyst for where you have taken your career. So I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were shut down in March of 2020. And when we came back in June, after having all that time off and being previously a huge workaholic in 2019, I can't even tell you in May, I only took two days out of the salon. It was insane. Mm -hmm. 
I just realized how unsustainable that was. And I actually worked only three days a week for the entire summer of um, 2020. And it was the most amazing thing. I was so nervous. I'm like, I'm going to lose all my clients, you know, but I didn't. People made it work with my hours that I was offering. And so that one was a huge change and being like, okay, so I am in control here and I can make these changes. Oh, I love that. And I think that's such a common fear for stylists too, when they are, you know, making changes, whether it's schedule changes, whether it's moving to a different salon, like any of those things, there's so much fear around losing clients. And, you know, you're probably going to lose a couple here and there, regardless of whether or not you make changes. But I think predominantly, most clients, if you are creating an experience and they are so happy with you and they're so happy with what you provide and how you make them feel, they'll go a little bit out of their way to make it work. Oh, absolutely. You know, the right ones will stick with you. And some of those clients that you're losing, you're losing for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it'll create space for more of those right people to find you. Right? Oh, totally. So, what have your biggest aha moments been when it comes to attracting the right people on Instagram? Because we have worked together as a Beauty Brand Bootcamp alumni, you have been through it. So, what would you say are some of the biggest shifts that you have made when to attract people with your Instagram and in your marketing in general? I mean, one huge thing that I learned from you was definitely that you've got to encompass the vibe that you want, you know, not just be posting things just to post them, to be able to attract the different the clients that you want, you've got to post styles similar to what they want and kind of get in their head a little bit about what they're looking for. Yeah, for sure. That attraction, I think is really important because people want to, people want to feel like they're a part of things. So I think that's why that is such a powerful shift to make, because if you can have, you know, if you can allow people to envision themselves inside of your space, inside of your salon, and you can make them feel like there's something that they want to be a part of. Again, it all goes back to that emotional connection, right? And so it's so much more than hair and posting, you know, just a million back of head photos with no context, I think is, is just, we're past that in this industry now because people are, there's so much beautiful hair available that you have to really showcase like what it is that you, what else it is that you create, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So what would you say is the biggest piece of advice you would give to someone who is thinking about opening a salon? I would definitely say not to be afraid. (laughs) Don't (laughs) You know, we can do so much more than we think that we're capable of doing and we can be allowed and take up space. You know, you might not think so when you look through my social media, but I'm actually very introverted and I had to very much overcome that and allow myself to take up space. So don't be afraid. You're allowed to take up space. There's always room for you. Oh, I love that. That's such a powerful mindset shift because, you know, so often... We, especially if you're someone who's naturally has that entrepreneurial spirit, I know that I was always someone who was like, am I like the problem? Am I a problem employee? Because I want, I saw things differently. And really what it was is that I just wasn't meant to work for anyone else. But I think that when I talk to a lot of people that, you know, are, are entrepreneurs in this industry, 
it's one of those things where we have felt like we didn't necessarily like fit in everywhere all the time because we always felt that we were meant to do something more. And so I love that idea of like being allowed to take up space. I think that's so important. Oh, absolutely. It totally is. You know, we've got to, no one's going to do it for you. Yeah, that is absolutely true. So what is next for you, Hillary? And where can people go if they want to connect with you? Yeah, so I think definitely what's next for me is kind of getting settled into the salon, into a vibe. And I'd like to kind of reach out more with some educational content on my Instagram. And people can find me on Instagram at hairby.hill. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been so nice to kind of dig into your journey a little bit. And I can't wait to see what's next from you. Thanks, Jody. It's been great to talk to you as well. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.